Podboys Productions. Welcome back to Movies Are Relevant on Brooklyn Rebound Podcast. It's your boy, or Brooklyn Rebound Network, I should say. Should know the name of of the podcast, although it's very confusing the way we do it, so maybe I shouldn't. Anyway, it's your boy, Pod Drew. Back to chat about some movies. Might even throw a little TV in today. Feeling frisky here. What do you think about that? Over there, E dash now. Uh, TV's fine with me. I've been watching some TV. I've uh, I've taken a small break from my, my most beloved activity. So to remind the listeners of what that is, or I believe what you're talking about, uh, your obsessive watching of YouTube ghost videos. That's correct. Uh, I love to watch a, a a Thai, Saudi, a Korean person you know, with a handheld, like, phone camera just kicking in doors, screaming at or or for ghosts, and, and slowly getting more and more terrified as their friend slams a door in the background uh, out of view of the camera. And now this is something I hadn't considered when we talked about it before. You also watch ones... Oh, they're all... I don't believe in ghosts. They're all staged. Not what I was going with. What I was going is... Oh, okay. Because you said Korean. You watch ones that aren't even in a language you understand. Can you like still pick up on everything? It's all still the same. Type. Um, a lot of them YouTube will translate, but if not, you know. I see. I see. Just, just fine. <laughs> so it translates them being like, oh, the tie is moving. Oh my god. The like automatic. I guess it's Google Translate from voice or whatever. It'll sometimes pick up on like these phrases that I know sound different and like less corny in in other languages. Like sometimes when the ghost hunter in in Middle Eastern tradition. If there's a ghost, apparently you're supposed to, like, pray. So it'll pick up on something like, Allah Akbar, um, and it'll be like, Allah is the greatest. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, that wouldn't... I see. That doesn't seem to have the, like, ritual weight to ward off a ghost, but who am I? That would be, that's the Muslim ghost hunters, I guess. Not in English, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that what Allah Akbar literally translates to, Allah is the greatest? Apparently. <laughs> I guess that makes sense, but yeah, definitely. I mean, this is going back to the thing we've mentioned a bunch of times now, like, kind of like the, I think I call it the anime principle, like the subs principle for anime, where right, right. it makes ridiculous stuff sound better to your ears when it's in a different language. Could be for it's also like um so it can make a wild premise more palatable and for other foreign films it also makes acting just seem better like you're thinking if i understood swedish when i'm watching this film would these actors be what i think they're as good or would they are they like blowing some lines but i can't tell you know right right but good with the ghost stuff yeah we talk about it a lot but uh, we both did watch some more or at least one other Kind of go yeah, I was gonna say kind of, but definitely a ghost oriented thing uh, since we last potted right, which was a very topical twenty twenty film called Host, right? 
I guess it is a film, even though it's only like 58 minutes or something. It doesn't like technically qualify to like as feature length, but it's obviously not a short. Also, it's a movie. <laughs> but it's not going to challenge Bad Boys uh, for Life and Sonic at the Best Pictures at the Oscars this year. Because it maybe doesn't have the length. No, Sonic's got Best Picture locked, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll see if Bad Boys uh, gets it. Oh, we still have Invisible Man, right? That was this year. <laughs> that could see oh, yeah, a yeah, horror yeah. movie could win it. <laughs> no, but, uh, but this was something you put me on to. Hey, you got them right. So I'll say this. It's on Shutter. Now, I may or may not have found it through other means, um, but but Shutter is like a, a, a streaming service. You could add it onto like your Amazon Prime, I think, for an upcharge, mm-hmm, or you could probably just get it on its own. This is a horror-based streaming service. I deadass bought Shutter oh, okay. to watch this movie, and it's paid dividends. I've just been watching just nothing but mediocre horror movies since i watched this one great one yeah so i was gonna i was leaning up to like have you been watching a lot on this i guess that still could be a question since you bought it for that but uh, or you know got a membership for that but have you watched other things on there since since then oh fuck yeah i watched this one called beach house Mm. the acting's not great but it is like a really cool body horror annihilation type the ecology of this environment is out to get me movie beach house it's not because there was another horror movie that came out recently i think it was like i think like dave franco directed it or something about like a rental house i don't think dave franco directed this no that um it added a similar kind of name right 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 i've not seen that i didn't think it was on shutter that looks more like a people killing people horror movie and I'm, I'm, I'm not so into those those are more of you know we've we've been over many times but those are more of the ones i'm into we've done this. okay so you have you've watched a couple of things on shutter i it was on my radar a little bit because i kept seeing trending on twitter i guess joe bob briggs you know who that is no he's kind of like a legendary should i b movie critic uh, I mean, being a horror fan, I, I wouldn't have be surprised, at least if you knew who he was, but... That's fair. I think he had a show back in the day that... It, it, it kind of like, you know, like Sven Gulli or one of these shows, like, where they have, like, the late, the midnight... Right, right. But his thing was more specifically about kind of, like, the B-movie, the bloody, you know, whatever. So maybe not as much the type of horror you're into, but... I think, like, a lot of people have put him in. He's made a cameo in a bunch of movies, I think, because he's kind of like a legendary b-movie figure but he has a show or he did at least i think it was like in a season that's over now but had a show on there called the last drive-in i believe it was called so like it was either friday or saturday nights like all this past summer yeah yeah and i would always see it trending on twitter like joe bob briggs or whatever the movies they're doing were always trending so i I got the sense from that that it was pretty popular that shutter was maybe some people just got it for that for him but um i will say like i've been watching a lot of stuff on shutter and some of it's great and some of it's not that good at least this first month worth it for host alone to to, to spoil my reaction better i will we'll get into that in a second uh, do you think shutter has better quality overall films than like the hulu kind of uh i, I think we talked about it briefly i asked you about that last time hulu's actually got some great horror movies netflix has some struggles in the department the, the draw for Shudder would be, like, the direct-to-Shudder releases, like Host and Beach House um, and other shit that I haven't gotten around to. Um, they've also got this, like, partnership with, like, the Sci-Fi Channel or something, where they're, like, the only streaming service that releases this, like, show. 
it's doing like an anthology series. Are you familiar with the term creepypasta? I believe so. It's like, well, pasta is just kind of a t internet term. Right, right, right. These are just like scary stories that people invented on the internet. Right. They'll do these like one series, very serious deep dives into how a character would actually live out living the that nightmare uh, described by the internet nerd in the story. And the one about, I've, I've only seen the first season of it, but it's about the, the Candle Cove pasta. And it's fucking great. Is this animated, by the way, or are people acting out like... No, no, no. Real actors that I recognize are in this. Oh, interesting. I'd heard that it existed, um, but I was just like, nah, that's corny. Miss me with that, Miss me with that nerdy shit. Uh, but this first season was awesome. And famously, anytime nerdy shit comes around, you're like, miss me with that. Not for me. Right, right. That's not your type of stuff at all. No, I, I live in Brooklyn. I'm very cool. I mean, you, you were complaining last time about people not taking your Dungeons and Dragons hosting duties seriously enough, or Dungeon Master duties, is that the right word? Because I put a lot of, I put a lot of work into that high fantasy scenario, <laughs> and I didn't think people were taking it seriously enough, yes. Yeah, you hate to see that. Okay, so, okay, that sounds interesting. What is it, what's the name of it? Fuck. It's, it's called, like, In the Dark or something. Okay. Creepypasta Shutter would probably pull it up for people. Yeah. Googling that. Because Creepypasta, now I think about it, isn't that like where the whole Slenderman came about? It's called Channel Zero. Oh, uh, and yes. Because Copypasta is another term I've seen a lot. Right, of, like, right. People put that on Reddit and stuff for like, on like sports Reddit and stuff. Some long rant someone did one time about like their team losing and then people would just copy that and put a couple of other, fix a couple of the details and just copy it. Yeah. Right. Why is pasta this term? Like, where did that come from? One of those internet communities that uh, I wasn't a part of because I... Uh, too nerdy for just, it. Just didn't become a Nazi. Oh, I see. So you say that pasta has ties to neo-nazism I, I don't fucking know man i was trying to say i think it comes from like the 4chan community i gotcha post so yeah you recommended it to me so it's a found footage style film i'm not a huge fan of those in the past i haven't been maybe i like them better than i thought because i did do a and maybe it also depends i guess how it's done like how it's presented it's always stupid and this is like a, a worn out bit or whatever where people are like well they're they're doing this movie and they're still filming all this crazy this stuff's happening and they're still why would they still be filming is that a worn out bit because blair Witch was like 1999 i'm saying it's like a hacky kind of bit at this point for like a comedian or, or whoever to like complain about found footage movies by saying like they're why would they still be filming this or whatever, you know? Oh, I misunderstood. Our feeds are off today. I'm sorry. Right. Well, well let's try to get the wires uncrossed here. Or crossed? No, crossed is bad, right? We want them to be uncrossed. Well, if they're uncrossed and we're having problems, let's cross them. I don't fucking care. All right, we'll figure that out along with the origin of pasta. But uh, no, yeah, I was just talking about people making that complaint, even though I still believe that myself. And so I was just saying, I do like it when there is like a reason for them to be filming. So I did actually a double feature of uh, found footage uh, movies in the same night when I watched, Host was the second one I watched. Since you told me it was found footage, I took the opportunity to watch another film that had been like on my list for a while of stuff to watch. I guess I didn't even know it was a found footage film, but it's called Wreck from like over a decade ago, I believe, like mid 2000s. Yeah, 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 you told me about that. So that's a Spanish language film. Correct, yeah. There was an English language film, I think was either a direct rip, uh, like a, a, a direct like port or whatever you would call it. Yeah. Or just they had the same idea in the same year, uh, like Deep Impact and Armageddon. 
I, and I saw that, but I've never seen Wreck. Well, you had brought that up to me when we were talking about this a little bit. And I do remember seeing a, a trailer, or I think it was probably like during NBA playoffs or something, and they were playing a bunch of um, commercials for that movie. Because I do remember, when you told me who was in it, I do remember seeing that trailer a bunch. Yeah. Maybe it's not a straight remake, but that was definitely later than this one. I think it is at least inspired, if not somewhat of a remake. I think that one didn't get good reviews or whatever, but I like this one a lot. So, like, my point about, like, it has an excuse, it's a camera, well, it's like a news crew, so they want to be filming the whole time. Exact same premise. Go on. So, okay, yeah. So, the basic setup is they're, they're like, some late-night show. They do, like, profiles. It's just this host woman and her cameraman who you never really see because he's always behind the camera. Like every night or whenever they do this show, they're doing, like, showing what happens at night when most people are sleeping. So, on this episode, they're at a firehouse and they're at the beginning they're like oh i hope something actually happens this will be like a boring episode but then they do get the firemen do get a call and two of the firemen go out and then they follow and when they get there to this apartment building there's like two cops there already and then the, all the inhabitants of the building are in like the lobby and the call is like ostensibly about some woman going crazy but then it, it kind of turns into like a zombie it's like a, basically a zombie film and then the police outside lock down the building and don't let anyone out, including yes. the other cops, firemen in there. And is that the same premise as that? It's, it's like the exact same movie, yeah. So that's comforting. All right, so that's probably like a straight remake, whatever that one's called. But yeah, this is Wreck. I thought it was really well done. It's not too long. It's not as short as Host, but it's probably 90 minutes tops. I was entertained throughout. It was pretty tense throughout. So I liked that one a lot. Now, of course, that one, I don't know if we're also... Well, it wouldn't really be a spoiler of host to say this is more of a ghost style one, right? Ghost style. They're doing a seance over Zoom, basically, right? Wreck is, is definitely more up my alley of in terms of the type of horror. Or it's, I guess you, it would still be horror, but I think it's really a lot of suspense and stuff too, not like straight horror. Right. Because like zombie type movies are, are they horror? Are they not? I don't know. You know, I guess it depends on the tone a little bit. But this one had a, you know, there's some jump scares of course and whatnot but but that's a recommend for me again it's like 12 13 years old at this point and it's obviously subtitled which you know i have no issue as some people don't like that as much but host is and as we discussed previously uh the subtitles can elevate dialogue that may not have dazzled you Mm -hmm. also one last thing about it there are some still relevant stuff for today i mean host is definitely it's about you know it's taking place during the active pandemic we're in and there's things like that. It's on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Wreck has some kind of tie-ins a little bit, I would say. And even there's like a Chinese, because it's in Spain, there's like a Chinese family in the building. Of course. Most of their characters start blaming. They think like the Chinese family is responsible for whatever's happening and stuff. So it's like, I was watching that like, yeah, all right. This ties in. This ties in pretty well. The Chinese get blamed for everything. Goddamn. Well, if they didn't want to get blamed, they shouldn't have given us the the Chinese uh, flu. Or whatever, <laughs> right? No. Right. Right. Host is in the zeitgeist. Literally. I mean, they filmed it obviously during the pandemic. They must have only filmed it like in June or May or May, April. They filmed it in like April. As soon as Zoom took off as the platform that we were all going to use to have like our yeah. Friday night friend drinks. And also, every business uh, went went with Zoom instead of Skype for Business. Now Google's back on, which we're doing right now, literally recording this Google Meet. So like that. They like immediately were just like, I have an idea. This came from the director whose name I think is Robert Savage. Okay. Is he uh, English? Because 
Rob Savage, yeah. Most of the characters are, except for the one kind of mannish character who seems to be American. Everyone else is British sounding, right? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but this guy, he basically does, if anyone's seen the movie, he does the bit in the attic with the American character. He does that bit for his friends, and they're all like, that would be a great thing to add in a movie. And they couldn't make a movie anyway, and everybody, the story goes, could not work together anyway. So they just, like, decided to record a movie over Zoom. And I've said several times, like, I'm not going to watch a fucking pandemic movie. And this gets good buzz, and I immediately just, I'm all bluster. That was the thing. I was, like, having mixed feelings about that. Like, even though a lot of the stuff I was, like, relating to or I liked or, like, it's like you, I know that feeling. So that's generally good for a, a movie, but is it too cute or is it too close to home now or what? You know, did you have any feelings that way after having watched it or during watching it? I really didn't. I really didn't. I think the movie does like a really good job of like capturing the claustrophobic dread of the situations of the normal, the characters, what they're living through, uh, which is a seance gone wrong, basically. And they're all trapped in their apartments and one by one are getting haunted by like a creepy thing that they, uh may have invited into the world via a botched seance. It does like, such a great job of showing that like all these characters are trapped in that space and the space slowly shrinks around them and, and, and comes to like become aggressive toward them in a way that was actually kind of comforting. Which like, I see the same eight walls every fucking day of my life <laughs> and, and I'm fucking tired of it. It hit something. <laughs> they did a really good job. Yeah, no, it was definitely creatively done. And the acting was, was pretty good, I thought. Like it was very natural. Like, yeah. I could believe that they were all friends in real life. I don't know if the actors never met each other in real I think life. They are. Or if they are like a group of friends, like that would make sense to me because they had really good chemistry as like friends. I'm assuming they're all met in college, that type of friend. And then it seemed like they're around our age range ish, probably were in college seven, eight years ago or something. And this that was like their friend group or part of it. I like how there there's one guy who ducks out pretty early and then comes back later <laughs> toward the end. But, um, I love that guy. But that's kind of like just like a funny thing, too, that gives realism. Like, yeah, this group of college girlfriends, there there might be like one guy in their friend group, too, and then who would want to do this or whatever. And they all hate his girlfriend, who, yeah. to be fair, seems genuinely terrible. He has to leave the Santa like because of her or whatever, or whatever's going on. Right. He was funny to me, too. Yeah, he really reminded me of this other British guy I know. He always used this phrase that maybe this is just like a British phrase to say, like, let's take a cheeky little drink or take it. I think in the movie, the guy says, let's do a cheeky little shot. I think so. Like, yeah. That's like a thing now. I'm calling stuff cheeky. little. I'm familiar. Um, I've often taken a call in things cheeky myself of watching, watching too much English Premier League. What a cheeky penalty. He just fooled the keeper with that one. Uh, yeah. Specifically cheeky little. I, I don't know. I like it. But yeah, it's, the dialogue seemed realistic. The dynamic between the friends seemed like, like you could get the little... So the American girl was, or whatever she is, the non-British accent one, started this, like it was her idea. She like convinced them to do this kind of um, seance. That's what it's called, right? Seance. Oh, uh, yeah. Unless you're, summoning, unless you're summoning the spirit of a famous diva and then it's a seance. A famous living diva. Then. Well, yeah. Well, they should have done a seance, probably. They probably would still... Are we spoiling it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we can spoil a 56-minute movie that came out a month ago. Yeah, and about the length, too, since you just said that, I think that was probably a good thing. Like, it really helped. Much longer probably wouldn't have worked. So what what happened? So, oh, what I was saying about, like, the character dynamics. So, like, the one girl doesn't take it seriously. She starts making up a story of a dead person or whatever to the seance woman. The seance woman gets... Her internet goes bad, and she gets off for a little bit. And then the main friend, who is uh, kind of the main character... 
is clearly upset, but she's like, oh, I'm just going to go to the bathroom or whatever, and, like, angrily kind of. And then the other friends are like, why are you, you know, I don't know how I'm explaining it right, but, like, it's, like, a good dyna- a good realistic dynamic of what would probably happen. Yeah, the banter is just, like, really lifelike. They do this thing after they've invited the spirit into our world by, like, disrespecting the dead or whatever, and they all start seeing the spirit of this guy she made up. They do this really cool thing where, like, each each camera will get its own just, like, vignette, right? This just, like, little, like, oh, what's going on in my apartment now? I've got to go check out my attic. And there are, like, the dangling feet of somebody hanging behind me. Um, or the person who's using Snapchat filters is like, uh, why is this picking up another face in, in the middle of my fucking living room? And they take care to, like, examine each of these characters' personalities mm-hmm. and also, like, give every window on the zoom screen like a haunt like a bit it fucking rules it's like really creepy i don't know if you felt the same because you don't like vibe with supernatural like horror movies but the bits where she's walking and like only the blue light of her computer screen is illuminating like a four foot cone in front of her her like claustrophobic ass london apartment is just like closing in around her and she's trying to find out what made the noise they do a really good job of jump scares. They, they get you where they don't, but they build, like, dread in a really good way. Yeah, the suspense is good enough for me. For what it is, like, shooting over Zoom, or I think the probably the actors were filming themselves for most of this stuff. It's well done for what it is, but like you said, yeah, I'm just not going to be scared by something like this. It's not going to happen, I don't think. That's fair. In general, I, ghosts aren't scared of me. I wasn't scared by the end of this or anything. I don't know how I feel about the end. Like, I, I would say, like, two-thirds of... Like, the first 30 to 40 minutes, I, I was really on board. I was liking it a lot. And while well, there was some well-done stuff, I was just kind of like, okay, that's how that's what happened. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is quite a... That spirit, all they had to do was, you know, disrespect the spirit by making something up. Like, if this was real, like, this would be happening. All, people are getting killed by spirits all the time, right? You know, like... I mean, they might be, man. I guess so. I guess so. And then the one girl, so the main... The friend who was was kind of at fault for, for this, even though I would say, like... Gemma. Is that her name, Gemma? That's, that sounded right. Uh, who was kind of at fault for starting this, even though, how would she know? But um, she ends up at the main girl's house, Then I was a little confused by that. I guess they just live, like, really close They're to like each neighbors. other? Or, okay. Yeah. She, like, knocks on her window at the very beginning. I think they may even live in the same building. Okay, because it's like, how'd she get in or whatever, so... But it was at least kind of interesting for two of the characters to be in the same place for one second. But yeah... I guess dramatically, it's a little underwhelming to me that how it would happen. But I don't know. I was expecting like I don't know what I was expecting. But I, I, overall, I liked characters. The idea I'm on the fence about still because like what I said before, I don't know. It, it is like too close to home almost. But at the same time, it's giving people what they're you know you are making good connections with it now. Kind of like what you were saying about seeing the same walls every day. So that is cool. And it's creative for sure, but... I wouldn't want another one. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that I saw Host, but I'm not going to watch the one that, like, Demi Moore filmed next door to you. Mm-hmm. Well, that one I don't think is a Zoom-related one, I will say. That's going to be, like, some action pandemic film or something, but... But I probably won't watch it either, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, hard hard pass. With this director, you mentioned it. Has he done other stuff that, like, more traditional movies already? Horror movies or any other kind? Let me check. I know all the actors. Um, I, I did check the actors IMDb because they're all pretty girls. Uh, but <laughs> And Teddy, that's the guy, right? <laughs> and Teddy, yeah. 
done, he's done an episode of a TV show called Soulmates, he's done a couple episodes of a TV show called Britannia. Seems like he's a working director, um, but he's just okay. just kind of starting. And this could be just like his kind of actor friend group, maybe, we're, we're theorizing. The American girl probably lives over there already, she's probably just... Uh, yeah, maybe so. Seems that way. Alright, interesting. But yeah, I would rec- since it is so short anyway, I still would recommend it, even if you're someone like me who doesn't dig the supernatural stuff or can't really take it seriously, but yeah, I would still recommend it. Wreck is definitely the bigger wreck from me. But... Uh, I've not seen Wreck, I've only seen the less good American <laughs> adaptation starring Dexter's sister from yep. Dexter. <laughs> that was the, act- the, the unnamed actress before. Well, unnamed because we don't know what her name is. Dexter's sister. She's in all the S. Craig Zeller movies now, I noticed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who know? I, I don't know what that says about her politics, potentially. She's a Zeller player, even though I've liked all the movies I've seen. Mm, yeah. I, I, I never saw the Vince Vaughn, uh, Mel Gibson cop one, though, which I believe she's in as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of done with him. Anyway, if we're talking, another film I wanted to mention a little bit, or talk about a little bit, is one that is... Yeah, what else have you seen lately? Well, so this one is not, it's good for the time right now because it's so different than anything anyone's going through right now. And it's very um, optimistic, kind of uplifting type of movie, which just does not fit in (laughs) in 2020 at all. Um, But that would be Bill and Ted Face the Music, the long, long, I mean, this is the third movie in a, so I guess the end of a now trilogy, there was talk about a different time let me do the math here 19 years between number two and then this one the third which is so it's kind of crazy this ever got even made i don't believe they had a large budget for it definitely didn't look like it but the original movies didn't have that super large of a budget anyway especially the first one bill and ted's excellent adventure my favorite's always been the second one bill and ted's bogus journey i and it's still you know my favorite of the three probably but for whatever reason, I I watched that one a lot more, even though when I was a kid, even though Excellent Adventure is the more famous one, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it kind of just depends on like what Comedy Central or like FX has the rights to when you're at home watching cable when you're when you're that age. Yeah, that's probably had something to do with it. That one is just I think it's a really good movie. I haven't seen it all the way through in a while. I watched a couple scenes from it recently, but um, I think it probably holds up pretty well. Death is a famous character in that, and he's back in this one for a, a couple of scenes. In, in Bogus Journey, it's just, it was just always so funny to me, and still is, I guess, that they, like, Bill and Ted die, and then they trick Death into, like, bringing them back to life, basically, by playing games, like, games against yeah, them. Yeah, 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 it's a good bit. I believe it's a reference to Ingmar Bergman's um, film, uh, which one is it? It's another 1957 one, which is my big year. The Seventh Seal, I believe. Right. The character in that plays chess against death, or the Grim Reaper, or whatever it is. Like, I think it's a reference to that, which is maybe one of the reasons why I like these movies so much, because like, Bill and Ted are like a dumb pair of friends, and there, there is some dumb kind of humor in them, but at the same time, there's also like really kind of smart, or almost like highbrow references and stuff in there, so it's kind of... A weird dichotomy you don't really see in other movies for the most part. The Bill and Ted characters themselves, first of all, they're basically the same character. There's not really... They are just like Bill and Ted. They're always together. 
They reference it. Did you see the new one, by the way? The first part of this third movie is about that. Yeah, I've seen it. But that's funny to me. And they're like not characters that would be, they would be like supporting characters in like a teen comedy or something. In the original ones. Right. Yeah, so I've always had a soft spot for those ones, especially the second one. So I was cautiously optimistic about this. I I didn't have high expectations for it at all. And I think that was the right mindset to be in. I enjoyed it. Some parts made me laugh a lot. Like I said, the budget seemed pretty low. I don't think, you know, they had a lot to work with. So yeah, I thought it was good, but it's not, you know, mind-blowing or anything. Yeah... I uh, I told you I would get through it even if I hated it, and uh, I got through it. And you hated it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Uh, it was more like, so this is the way I feel about the music of, like, Rihanna. Which is like, I'm glad that you, Drew Wilson, noted Rihanna fan, or, or anyone else in the world. I'm glad that you have Rihanna and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, or Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, it was just not made for me, and that's fine. <laughs> like, I, I didn't like it. Now, by the way, do you think I can do a Rihanna over Zoom? I mean... You're going to have to do it over Zoom because none of your friends can be in the same building as you. But if you're asking, is it possible to do a Rihanna? Yes. I'll grab my umbrella and do that later. No. Okay, I, I kind of figured, I, when we were even texting, I was kind of like saying, if you don't like the original ones or have good memories of those, it's probably not going to be for you. But yeah, so I won't talk about it too much. Obviously, you probably watched it or planning to if you like those movies. But yeah, I, it was just cool to see the characters again and like some of the references. I really liked the daughters. They were good. So now Bill and Ted are obviously like 50. They were doing very good like impressions of those guys. Yeah. The one girl, I've I've been watching a bunch of her movies lately. Her name's Samara Weaving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was the Bill daughter. So she's in a lot of kind of action comedy type films she was the star of ready or not i don't know if you saw that i watched it fairly recently which i would recommend yes um so i like her that movie that always confused me because it extremely looks like emma stone is on the on the cover uh the the poster Hmm. yeah which is like oh i should watch that emma stone's a good actor not who's in that movie okay never mind no samara weaving's a good actor too i think though i I, they're not going to be doing the same type of you know emma stone has more range i'm sure but Samara's good at, yeah, being kind of like a badass protagonist or whatever, I don't know. That's probably too reductive, but... The only Samara I really care about is Samara from The Ring, so... Alright, well, fine. But Samara Weaving is also the the niece of Hugo Weaving, who is, you know, Agent Smith from The Matrix and Fever Vendetta, so... That sounds right to me. Pretty good pedigree. The daughter characters in this are... I thought it was a funny idea, like, they're... Yeah adult daughters that act just like them basically and they're also always together their moms are there who are princesses from the first film it's kind of a recurring joke i guess like those the princess slash wife characters are played by different actresses in all three films right they're they basically have no characters whatsoever the daughters don't even ever talk to them or address them as moms or anything and they had a little more to do in this one and i recognize the actresses that played them but um their you know comedy yeah aaron hayes is one of them i recognize that they were not the ones from the original two yeah well yeah they're probably a little bit younger than whoever played those original ones but yeah it was just a funny idea to me and then they have their own kind of the daughters have their own storyline a little bit which is kind of a retread of boy do they the first one but with in the first movie bill and ted are collecting like socrates who they call socrates and you know historical figures for like their science project or their history project i guess 
But now the daughters are collecting famous musicians for their fathers, I guess, because they they have to create the song that saves the world or whatever. So that's kind of the thing, too. It is like universe or the universe, I guess. Yeah, Whatever it is. Kristen Shaw's Kristen Shaw's in there playing the daughter of the George Carlin character from the first two movies, because, of course, he is no longer with us. So I always like seeing her. And there's just some goofy stuff in these films like like they're in hell and Kristen Shaw makes a call on her cell phone from hell to her mother who's like in the future like just stupid stuff like that, that that I think is funny. But yeah, like the main thing is like the positive kind of tone, especially in comedies these days. That's just something that's just you never see anymore at all. Something uncynical, something that's like yeah. not reference heavy to a lot of things. Yeah, I can't think of like a like a happy comedy that I've liked, which I guess may have been the problem with this one. They don't make them. right, right? They also do not make them. Yeah, you don't want that, I guess. But um, so like Alex Winter, who plays Bill, he's barely acted in anything since the last Bill and Ted. He, he became a director instead of being an actor. But I thought he was really good in this. And Keanu Reeves is fine, you know. He's not. He, he doesn't seem like he could really. He can do that character as much anymore. I think he's like too serious now, but. He, he tried. He put an effort. It kind of seems like he doesn't want to do that character. <laughs> yeah. No, I, but I'm saying, because I think he did put an effort for this. Obviously, it wouldn't have... He must have wanted it to get made, or it wouldn't have. Right. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he didn't get a big paycheck for it or whatever. So he probably wanted to do this, but the old kind of Keanu is not really... Yeah, he, he is too, like, serious guy now, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I guess... In a world where, and granted, Nicolas Cage is still acting, in a world where those movies that Nicolas Cage would be acting in are still getting made, but Keanu Reeves is in them, I prefer Keanu, like, as a serious guy, which is why it was a little weird to me. I don't, I don't know. Well, he doesn't do Gonzo like Cage does. People like Nicolas Cage, and that's wonderful for them. A comedy was not what, like, I would have wanted if I were Keanu Reeves' like, agent. If I'm mapping his career, like, you've just done John Wick, John Wick 2, and John Wick 3, I'm gonna do Bill and Ted again. It's not, like, the move I would have picked, and, like, I didn't end up liking this movie, which is whatever. What's he up to next, you know? Well, his career is so interesting in a way. It's so strange. He comes on the scene, I think he started fairly young as an actor, like, as a teenager, I believe. The first movie that I remember seeing him in is Youngblood, starring Rob Lowe, where he plays a... French Canadian goalie who is all the way Canadian, uh, and Roblo and Patrick Swayze uh, take their a hockey movie travel team to the championship. Yes, a hockey movie. And Keanu's in this. I didn't. I didn't know him and Swayze were in more than the more than road. I mean, uh, more than uh, Point Break together. They're extremely in Young Blood together. Interesting. And that's like an eight late eighties film. It felt more like an early eighties film when I was watching it. Uh, they're they're like in high school. I guess Keanu in the early eighties would be like a teenager, probably. Right. So that makes sense. Well, he's playing like a teenage goalie for like a travel hockey team. Yeah. So when he's in the first Bill and Ted, which is like late eighties, he's probably but made it maybe got was on the shelf for a little bit. But he's probably like twenty then or something. His old persona is kind of a California surfer dude, which is kind of what the Bill and Ted characters are, except they're not surfers, but. They have that kind of affect. Right. And they're in Southern California, obviously. San Dimas is like the big thing in all the movies, which is just a random suburb here in LA County. But then he gets into action, yeah, like Point Break, but he's still doing like, I am an FBI. He's still doing the kind of wooden-ish right, right. line readings, but he looks cool and he's still 
good. I don't know. It's weird. And, and then he's doing, you know, a speed where he really blows up, you know, like Point Break. It's an action movie. Then he does Bram Stoker's Dracula and he's does like a horrendous mm -hmm. uh, British accent that everyone lampoons him for. Then what's another weird thing is in the mid 90s, he does a film called what's the name of it? I'm blanking now, but it's like a sci fi film that was really badly reviewed. The Matrix? Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what's weird. That flopped, I believe, and got panned. Then only a couple years later, he decides to do The Matrix, which on paper at least has a lot of similarities. So like, he he takes weird risks and stuff like with his career already. Yeah, yeah. And then The Matrix blows him up again. He's big again. Then he starts going downhill more, you know, in terms of popularity or whatever. Dave Chappelle killed it for him. He was writing this high from The Matrix. And Dave Chappelle had that guy do the, like, really bad Keanu Im Im impression in, in that bit where he's like, Morpheus? Done. Career <laughs> over. But it wasn't, because then he get, he does John Wick, and now he's, like, more popular than ever in 20, uh, 2015 to 2020, whatever this period is. He's, like, more popular than he's ever been. Those movies are huge. Yeah, and those movies rule, and he's so popular, and, like, everyone loves him and just wants to find him a girlfriend. And he's, like, 53 years old or something, probably. <laughs> 54. Yeah. He still looks good. Although, he also has a weird thing going where he looks younger with a beard, which is the opposite for most people. Because he, he, he couldn't have the beard for most of the new Bill and Ted. And he actually was looking a little older with that. Right. I saw a couple people online saying he looked like uh, Professor Snape from Harry Potter a little bit. So I guess like Alan Rickman, because he has the longer hair too, because of the characters. So. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. Not the best look for him, but... And the British accent. But yeah, Keanu is fascinating. I mean, that could be a whole episode or longer, but I guess that's good for now. Um, is there any other films you want to touch on? Or I, I know we were going to maybe talk a little show. But... Yeah, so you said you didn't really want to go too long, and that, that really sucks for you. Um, I got you a present. <laughs> okay. I uh, recently watched... A movie by one of your favorite directors. Of course, I'm talking about Psycho by Gus Van Zandt. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big... I mean, I won't say it's one of my favorite directors. I'm only a fan of that one particularly. I'm a big Psycho 98 remake head. You know? Okay. I don't okay. care about Drugstore Cowboy or any of his like well-regarded films. Fuck that stuff. Just Psycho 98 for me. Just extreme, hardcore drama Vince Vaughn. Got it. You know why... Vince Vaughn is so perfect because, like, in the original Psycho, yeah, you had Anthony Perkins, who's not very physically imposing, looks kind of wimpy, you know, can play that that really well, like, mama's boy really well. But why do you want that type of shit when you got, like, a big manly Vince Vaughn in there doing the same role? That makes perfect sense. Right, right. Someone that might actually be, like, people would be, like... Right, just because it's... A, not creeped out by in, in that way, but B, might be more scared of because he does actually look like he could be dangerous. Just because it's the voice of an old woman in his head doesn't mean that he <laughs> yeah. has to resemble an old woman IRL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I watched Psycho from, it's the, like, the 60th anniversary and, like, people, okay. there's been chatter about it. I, I finally watched Psycho. Um, and I say finally because I'm pretty sure I've said on this podcast that I've seen Psycho before. And as I was watching Psycho, it occurred to me that I'd just, like, I'd seen maybe bits of it while my parents were watching it on TV or something, but I've just never seen this fucking movie. Well, surely you must have seen the scene, the shower scene. I'm sure you must have seen it. Maybe. 
I definitely like the... Well, you at least seen it lampooned or parodied or whatever. <laughs> but encroaching figure in the background as the door opens or whatever. Uh, I hadn't seen and it did, like, make me feel something interesting. Um, and, I, like, nobody needs me to tell them that, like, Alfred Hitchcock is, like, one of the great directors and basically invented modern uh, cinema, whatever. But, yeah. This is just such a quandary for me, e Nam, because I know now we could go so much longer if we're going to talk about this. We could. I did want to do a Hitchcock episode. Our, if we do Hitchcock next, a Hitchcock-based episode next month, are you able to, will you still be able to remember all your psycho thoughts that you might be getting out now? Maybe I'll rewatch it. Yeah, that, so. yeah, I, I could do that. Uh, could we also talk about Notorious? Because I didn't love Psycho. I, I liked Psycho, so then I was like, I'll just pick another one off of this uh, list. And I picked the one starring Ingrid Bergman. Notorious, uh, yeah. That is a, like, Nazi espionage thriller from 1946. You're welcome. One of his other best regards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it was on a list. So I assumed that it was beloved. It's fucking great. It's got, like, the soul of an Italian opera, which you know I'm a sucker for. I gotta rewatch that one. It's like one of the 50 best movies I've ever seen. It's Cary Grant, right? Oh, it's Cary Grant not doing a Cary Grant impression. Doing the opposite of the Al Pacino in The Irishman. <laughs> Wait, you think Al Pacino is doing an Al Pacino impression in that? Yeah, yeah, of course. We've talked about this. Like, Cary Grant is just, like, not playing okay. a Cary Grant character. It's so fucking fascinating. And Ingrid Bergman, the honey of all honeys. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. Made in 1946, so I know it's just the fact that the one that you made me watch... Um, starring Andy Griffith, whose name I've already forgotten. Just sucks. <laughs> it's a completely different era. That's a decade. That movie, A Face in the Crowd, is 11 or 12 years later. But, fine. Okay, so let's do Hitchcock next time, because I wanted to do it anyway. I'll, wa- I'll re-watch Notorious. Haven't seen it in a long time. Don't remember... I obviously remember it's really well-regarded. I probably enjoyed it when I watched it, but I think it's one of my the ones I've only watched the once. Unlike some of his other ones, I keep going back to a lot. Maybe I'll rewatch Psycho as well. I kind of agree with you. It's not Psycho's not one of my favorites. I do think it's a little overrated, but there is some really great things about it. It obviously was revolutionary. The ending is terrible. Like I don't need you to explain to me. We'll, we'll talk about it too next time. But were you? But real quick, were you surprised by the structure of the film? Um, I was. Um, as I said, I've not seen this movie. Killing the main character, like in the first half because like when i'd seen it before i didn't basically know at the end of the first the act, movie had been following her for 45 minutes i uh, no, it was awesome yeah. it was like that was very clever very well done it was even recognizing just like oh yeah i can see uh, uh how this would inform like other shots that i may have been interested in uh from later uh directors i keep wanting to say composers um the music was great too oh yeah it was actually a surprise and a complete shock uh when it when i saw uh that it was just going to be a movie about someone else now. Um, really great, really really cheeky. Um, I loved it. <laughs> a cheeky little uh, misdirect of a film. But yeah, killing the lead off halfway through, or not even. And Hayes, I believe, plays the Janet Lee character in the 98 one. What were they doing? I was being sarcastic before, obviously. <laughs> yeah, man. Vigo is in it, I, rem- uh. I remember that. Which is interesting. Vigo Mortensen? Yeah, he's, uh, you know, the... The lover that she's going to meet. The Vera Miles character, who is played by maybe Julianne Moore in that Interesting. one? Interesting. I don't know. I could go down the weird rabbit hole of that film. But anyway, we'll plan to do that for next time. I do want you to watch the one which I've told you a couple times. It's Hitchcock's favorite film that he did, he said at least. It's definitely one of my top fives. Shadow of a Doubt, starring Joseph Cotton. And I'm blanking on the main actress's name, unfortunately, but... I'll say it next time. I'll do that. 
That's around the same time as Notorious maybe came out the year before or something like that. Notorious is not a horror film in any way. No. It does have some suspense, I guess. This Shadow of Doubt's more in the suspense vein for sure. Also not horror, but very suspenseful, uh, which Hitchcock is said to be the master of, and I do agree. Yeah, so we can wrap it up here. We were thinking about maybe touching on a Search Party Season 3 TV show, not a movie, but which I've been catching up on. I'm not quite at the end yet, but... Oh yeah, where are you? I have two episodes to go. Okay, so you've seen The Wedding? I, yeah, that was the last one I watched. The Wedding was the highlight of the season for me, not not just uh, because Michelle Zahner from Japanese Breakfast is just playing boys to men's I'll Make Love to You in the background. I think it might be Brian Adams. Mm -hmm. Which Porsche is singing to. Yeah. I was trying to think of who sang it to, and it's not Brian Adams. No, that, that's... Brian Adams does like anything I do, I do easily. I think it's Boys to Men. It's definitely not a white person that, that, that sings it, I know that. I'm mixing up Brian Adams' name with the, the name of an R&B star from the mid Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, but maybe it's that person. Apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just to recommend from both of us, great show if you haven't seen it. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it more. Uh, or if you're a fan of Japanese breakfast. We should uh, talk about it more off-pod, but yeah. Hell yeah. Because this is Movies Are Relevant. It's Movies Talk. Join us next time for our planned Hitchcock episode where we'll highlight a couple of his classics. Do stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Network or get that way if you're not. Anything uh, you want to throw in at the end here? You know what? I watched Relic and Relic's pretty good. Um, if you can stand an Australian accent or a couple of them, recommend. That's it. That's all I got. I don't know. Is that a thing that people can't stand? Is I, That's not something I've heard of. Like but People like them usually. I just wanted to alert the listener in gotcha. case. Like subtitles or or this one's Australia or I or I just fucking hate the Aussies. I'm from New Zealand and I can't goddamn stand the Aussies. Oh man, check out Drew's views on YouTube. My my YouTube channel where I do TV reactions. That's views with a Z. That is Drew's with a Z as well. Drew's views. Um, you can also find it with my name, Drew Wilson. But yes, that'll do it for us this time. Just keep staying safe out there. Keep watching some films. What else are you going to do? Watch sports? Yeah, that's back, and I'm watching a lot of that. But keep up the films as well. And until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Productions.